Good morning. We're going to be reading from Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight, and do not forget. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on, for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, and from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech, and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Well, thank you, Ethan and Allie, for reading our passage this morning. Will you bow with me as I pray for us as we get going here? Father God, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have this morning to be gathered here, to be able to worship you in song, to be coming before you and to hear your word. Father, I pray that your word would touch each of our hearts and lives, that we would be attentive to it, that it would not be something that we just hear and walk out of here and are not changed, but that your spirit would work in our heart and that you would be continually transforming us. Father, we know that your word does not turn void. And so we pray today that we would be attentive to hear what you have for us. I pray all this in your name. Amen. 
Well, good morning, and my name is John Trott. I am one of the pastors here, and we are glad that you're here today. It's fun to see uh, a lot of faces that I have not seen for quite some time, and there are some new as well. And so we want to welcome you, and for those that are online, we're glad that you could join us and that you've set aside the time this morning to worship, to hear the word, and to be a part of this body. And so as we go about, last week, Pastor Jeff started the series in Proverbs, and we're going to be spending the next few weeks going through different Proverbs. So next week, Chris will be uh, preaching, and then after that, Aaron will be up here, who prayed for us this morning, and uh, then Pastor Jeff will be back. So Jeff and Jen and the girls are all on vacation this week, and uh, actually today, Pastor Jeff and Jen, uh, the two of them will be headed to Colorado for a conference with Acts 29, and so last year they did not have this, and I think it's yearly or every other year that they do have a lead pastor's retreat, and so they will be out there for that and have the opportunity to be interacting with other pastors and leaders from Acts 29. So if we can remember to continue to hold them up in prayer and uh, as they are gone, and then they will have one more week of vacation, and then they'll be back with us. So let's remember to continue to pray for them. But as we dive into our passage this morning, I want us to think about countdowns. You know, maybe when you were younger, you enjoyed counting down the days until Christmas. Maybe even as you're older, you still enjoy that. To your birthday, I know as we get older, we do not enjoy counting down the days to our birthday. We would rather just forget it. Um, there are a lot of different countdowns we have. This year in particular, uh, the mission group that I was in, that Jen and I were in, the teachers were counting down the days until they were done. I think students were as well from this past year. But as you think about different countdowns, probably one that all of us would say we've all done at some point in our lives, New Year's Eve. And I grew up on the East Coast, so it was a shock to me when I moved out here that the ball falls at 11 p.m. That is no fun. But as that happens, and you start the countdown, and they usually start at 60, and then you get down, and everybody's counting out loud, and there's an expectation that we have. There's an expectation of getting to zero, and then something's going to take place. And so this morning, the passage that we're going to look at, we're going to deal with it in a little bit different of a way. And so the numbers three, two, and one. And normally, when somebody's preaching, they spend a lot of time on the first point a little bit on the second, and then the third one is attack on, right? Well, it's going to be the other way around today. So the first couple points are going to actually go pretty quickly. And we still may get out early, but don't get your hopes up that the third one's going to be even shorter than the other ones. But as we look at this, I want us to see a few different things, but I want us to keep in mind what Pastor Jeff shared with us last week on wisdom. He gave us a definition saying wisdom is having a relationship with God, growing in a knowledge of Him, and having this relationship and knowledge affect how we live our daily lives. 
So let me repeat that. Wisdom is having a relationship with God, growing in a knowledge of Him, and having this relationship and knowledge affect how we live our daily lives. And so as we look at this first thing, we have to remember and keep in mind who is writing in the book of Proverbs, Solomon. And he starts off in Proverbs 4, and if you're not there, if you could turn there, in what Ethan and Allie read for us, he starts off and he says, hear, O sons. And so three different times he says this, starting off in verse 1, 10, and then 20. He's addressing his son or sons. And he says, be attentive, listen. Well, think about it. Solomon, a king, wisest man to live, is talking to his child. And then in verse 3, he says, when I was a son. Who was Solomon's dad? David. And so we see right in the start here that we have three generations. So three times he says, son, listen, pay attention, be attentive to my word. Now he's laying out three generations are or have been taught the same thing. And it is being passed down from one to the other. As I was thinking through this, I had to stop here because I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, what I've heard from my dad, I want to pass down to you. And I hope you will pass that on. But often we can get caught up in, as these things are stated, it comes across as what is the ideal that we want to see take place. And yet we know from David's life and from Solomon's life, they were just like you and I. They were sinners. They were not perfect. They made mistakes. And so even in what they're passing on, it's not saying forget about, but it's giving a goal. It's giving us somewhere to go. And that's what he wants them to know. And he says three different times, go and get, insight, gain. If you look in verse 1, that you may gain insight. And then he moves down and says it again in verse 5, get wisdom, get insight. Verse 7, the beginning of wisdom is this, get it. And whatever you get, get insight. You know, we, we realize when something's repeated, there's a reason for that, isn't there? Think about when you were younger and your parents wanted to get a point across. How would they do that? They would say it over and over and over again. And we want to stay at that level. We don't want to go to our marriages or anything like that. Let's stay at when we're kids. Because we, yeah, this is a good day. We don't want to go there. But you repeat something. You know, how many of you have ever heard, if I've told you once, I've told you a hundred, a thousand times? So 
Solomon wants his kids to get the message. Go after, seek out wisdom. Seek out insight. Go for it. Don't let it pass. He says, get it, and you will keep it. It will guard you. Get it, and you will be exalted. You know, I can't help but think that as he's telling his kids what his dad passed on to him, looking back at Psalm 37, I would encourage you sometime this week, take a look at that psalm in the commands or the wisdom that David is giving out. Trust in the Lord and do good. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. All of these little tidbits of wisdom that David passes on and without a doubt passed on to his kids. And Solomon now saying to his son, get wisdom, go after it, go after knowing who God is, what he has done and will do in your life. Because wisdom is having a relationship with him. Remember last week as well, Pastor Jeff talked about in Proverbs 1, where it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fear of the Lord in awe. And remember, Pastor Jeff talked about it not being something that you're fearful of, but of a devotion to. The fear of the Lord, being in awe of who God is, devoted to Him. And so, the three things, we see three generations, three times to go in get wisdom or insight. And so that's the first thing I want us to see, the number three, passing down from one to another. Then we move down to number two. So from three generations to two paths. And in this second part, verses 10 through 19, he says again, hear my son and accept my words, that your years of your life may be many. I want you to have a lot of years. Listen to what I'm saying. Down at the end of this section, it talks about, in verses 18 and 19, the path of righteous in the way of the wicked. And it's interesting how he uses this. And he says, the righteous, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. Up above, he tells us, that he taught him in verse 11. I taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of this instruction. Guard her, for she is your life. Keep hold of it. Guard it. The righteousness. And he says, I've given you all of this, and it's like the rising of the sun. You know, this morning, I was up about 5 o'clock, and you could see that the sun had risen, but it wasn't real bright out. You could start to see, and if you've 
you come to our home, looking out the back window, there are a bunch of trees and then a pond down behind it. And as you look out, I could see the light coming through, but you can't make everything out yet. And as the day goes on and the sun gets higher, it gets brighter and it gets brighter and more and more is revealed. You know, if we look at our lives, is our life in Christ like that? Is it like the rising sun where as our lives are transformed, we become more and more day by day like our Heavenly Father, and it gets brighter and brighter. And so Solomon, in a way, is telling them, those who follow God are not stagnant. You know, when we think of the sun, one time did it stand still. One time. Remember Joshua? And he asked for it to stand still so they could win the battle. And it did. Once, never, it hasn't since. Almost said never again, but never use never. It didn't. It hasn't since then. And as you think of the sun in comparison to your walk with the Lord, how does it compare? How are you growing more like your Lord and Savior? You know, Solomon tells him, seek after it. And he also says, though, There is another path, and that is of darkness. The wicked, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. You know, if you've ever been in a cave and they turn off all the lights, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. It doesn't matter how close you put it, there is no light in a cave. And that's what Solomon's saying, walking in wickedness, walking apart from Christ, having a relationship with God, is walking in darkness. And he's making it very clear to his son, you have to pick a path. There's the path of righteousness and the path of the wicked. Which path will you choose? I'll let you know exactly where they'll lead. You know, as I think about advice that I've been given over the years, how often have I not taken it? How often have I said, no, 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 I'm going to do it my way. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. You know, and how fitting is it on Father's Day? How often do dads do that? So my girls would let you know that if dad's putting something together, he will try to put it together and then look at directions. I'm sure no other guy is like that here. Or if we go to the grocery store and you're looking for something, how many guys... I actually want to see a raise of hands on this one, are willing to ask someone for help, okay? (laughs) As my daughters have told me more than once, Dad, I'm not a guy, and they walk right up to somebody and say, well, excuse me, where is the, and we get there really quickly. (laughs) We don't always like to take instruction, 
do we? And it doesn't matter if you're a, a man or a woman, an adult or a child. We like to do things our way. And yet, we often pay the price. So as this father is giving instructions, which path does the son want to take? Which path are you on right now today? Are you on a path of righteousness or a path of wickedness? And those are the terms that the Bible uses because we don't like to talk in that way. You know, well, I'm just taking the path less, less traveled. Okay. You know, as one said, there are rocks and sticks and glass and it hurts. Or am I taking a path in which my Savior has laid out in front of me? Am I listening to wise counsel? Am I heeding instruction that's given? Am I following what the Word of God tells me? Or am I off trying to do it on my own, stumbling in darkness? So those are the two paths that we have. But the final thing, the one thing that we have is truth. And the truth that we have is the Word of God. And as we seek truth and seek God, it is the one thing that will never leave us, never forsake us. It's the one thing that does not change. And Solomon says here in verse 23, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the spring of life. Guard your heart. You know, it's in John chapter 7, it's believed that this is what the passage that Jesus is alluding to when he talks about from the heart flows the spring of life. In this sense, our heart is what can be captured. And if you think about desires, affections, motives, pursuits, all those different things captivate, grab hold of us. And as I was reading in a commentary this week, it says, if the heart is captured, the whole man, affections, desires, motives, pursuits, will be handed over. The heart is the vital part of the body. If the heart is wounded, that leads to death. And if we think about the heart being handed over, who's it being handed over to? This father's pleading with his son, guard your heart. Because your heart will guide the rest of your life. When we think about our Savior coming into this world, dying for those who would place their faith and trust in him, we often talk about him transforming our lives. 
and he transforms our hearts and our minds. He is the one who has transformed us. Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. He's transformed us. He's done the work. He's the one who changed it. And he is wisdom. And from that, how are we going to live it out? In this last section, I love because it begins to walk through very practical ways that our lives should be different. That the one truth that has transformed our hearts then transforms other aspects. And if you look there in verse 24, he says, put away from you crooked speech and devious talk far from you. It's our speech, our mouth. The words that come out of it are going to be changed because what's inside of us is different. The manner in which, the way in which we talk with one another, the words we use, the things we say are going to be different. They're going to be life-giving, not taking away. When you, when I think of the mouth, the tongue, Proverbs is filled with language about our speech. But I also think of James chapter 3. And James deals with the tongue in letting us know how powerful it is, even though it's such a small part of our body. What it does or can do can have huge effects. And so you think about the tongue as compared with your body being a ship and the tongue is a rudder. And if you know anything about a boat, a rudder is not big. But it will direct the course of that ship. A spark doesn't do a whole lot, but it can set a forest ablaze. All you have to do is listen to the news of the West Coast. Every summer, forest fires take place. Thousands of acres, tens of thousands of acres destroyed because of one little flame that starts and it just wipes everything out. So Solomon's reminding his son, watch your speech. Watch your mouth, but also your eyes. And when we look at the eyes, Matthew 6, tells us that your eyes are a lamp to the body. That as we look, we see things are taken in. They guide us. And then the final one he talks about is our feet. And our feet take us on a path, take us in a direction we're going. You know, just this past couple days, I have watched in my family a little bit some of the Olympic trials. And they had both swimming and track and field on. And if you notice the runners, you don't see them running looking backwards. Why? They'll trip. They'll run into somebody else. They have their mind in focus set straight ahead. 
They have a goal in mind. That's where they're going. Their feet are set straight ahead. You know, how often do we talk about watching where you're going? Watch your step. You know, it's always humorous at the expense of the person that doesn't do it. And humorous for a short time because people can get seriously injured. They're walking, and I'll never forget in high school, a trip down in Argentina. There's a whole group of us walking up the street, and there was one individual who was very loud and just making sure everybody heard them, and they weren't paying attention. And we were walking pretty quickly, and this individual had their head turned, I'm trying not to say he or she, and walked smack in to a mailbox one of the big ones. Oh my goodness. It was, it was alarming, as you can imagine. Well, they weren't paying attention to where they were going. Their feet were in one direction, but their eyes were somewhere else. You know, as you look at your own life, how often do you take your eyes off of where they should be? So we're also told where should our focus be? On our Heavenly Father. Where is our focus much of the time? On our circumstances. What's going on around us? We allow that to dictate, to control us. But our eyes should be on our Savior. He tells us that he'll guide us, he'll direct us. You know, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So if I'm acknowledging him, if I'm putting my faith and trust in him, he's going to direct my path. Why is it? that I try to do it on my own? Why is it that I'm looking all around me, I'm surprised at what's happening, and I forget God isn't. He's known. He knows what's taking place. The one truth is that you and I daily need to be guarding our hearts. And when you think of guarding your heart, what is that going to entail for you? How am I going to guard my own heart? How am I going to make sure that I'm looking at, trusting in the one thing, the one person who is faithful? Solomon is an example of one who had all the wisdom in the world, but he lost focus. David was a man after God's own heart. He lost focus. As you and I look at where we're at right now, where's your focus? 
Is your focus like one who would be writing this? Dialed in, wanting to pass on to your children, grandchildren, the truths of the word? Or are you one that is focused on everything else around you? For those that have placed their faith and trust in their Lord and Savior, we have a heritage from our Heavenly Father. And that is one that we need to rest in and lean on constantly. In this passage, we see three generations, two paths, and one truth. I trust that as you leave today, you will consider which path am I headed down right now? And do I need to make a change? And to ask yourself, am I guarding the truth that has been passed on to me? Guard your heart with all vigilance because from it flows the springs of life. Will you bow with me for prayer? Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity that we have, Lord, to open up your word, that as we hear your word, Lord, that it would transform our lives, that we would not just sit back and dismiss things that we would not look elsewhere, but Lord, that you would guide and direct our thoughts and lives. Father, that we would look to you as the author and perfecter of our faith, that if we've not turned to you, that we would, Lord, that we would turn to you confessing our sin knowing that you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that for those who call on your name, you give eternal life, and that is a life that is everlasting. Father, help us to heed instruction, to look to you, and to guard our lives. I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, what a wonderful time we've been able to have here this morning. And I pray that as we go out, will you take from Colossians 2, and this was something that Pastor Jeff texted me this morning, and I thought, you know what? This is a great way to end. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So may you go with grace and hope throughout the week.